welcome to Extra Extra, a fun new podcast that's about to make you change the way you think about work and employee experience. I'm your host, Kiran Menon, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this exciting journey into the heart and soul of the modern workplace. So whether you're an HR manager, a business leader, or just someone curious about the magic that makes companies stick, your extraordinary journey starts right here. Hit that subscribe button and let's dive in. Leslie, thank you so much for, uh, you know, agreeing to be a part of this chat. I would love to kind of hear everything that you have to say about employee experience and uh, the world that, uh, you know, that's changing so quickly and where the EX is becoming so important. So before we kind of dive into it, it would be great to kind of um, just have you introduce yourself, Leslie. So my name is Leslie Rogers. I'm a consultant in employee experience. So I kind of take a holistic look at the experience people have at work. And I think really at the heart, the stuff that I really love is when we talk about people's relationship with work and how that's kind of evolved over the years. I've done a lot of work on employee value proposition, you know, how to get to the heart of that deal between people and their employer, and then how to sort of deliver on that promise throughout the employee experience. And for me, from an organizational psychology perspective, I tend to use a bit of transactional analysis to look at some of the Mm -hmm. tangible structures that exist in the organization, as well as some of the softer dynamics of how people think, feel, behave. So for me, the employee experience is kind of all of it, and it's very, very akin to culture. And that's a debate that people like to have in this space, which we can have another time. But that's me in, in kind of a nutshell. Oh, that's that's perfect. And thank you so much, Leslie. I think, um, you know, just uh, jumping off um, from, from that, I think on your LinkedIn, you talk about how you want to take employee experience and move it away from being a buzzword into business as usual, right? Can you kind of uh, just talk a little bit about that? So it's interesting to see, I'm I'm on LinkedIn frequently, and it's interesting to see people changing titles to employee experience titles. And I'm not convinced that behind the change in title, there's been a change in sort of the ways of thinking or even maybe the mental maps and models and some of the tools that people are using to deliver their work in a more Mm -hmm. human-focused way. So, yeah, I I think it is a bit of a buzzword at the minute, and it feels like even within the industry, we're kind of coming to a collective understanding of what we mean by employee experience, because the experience is tech, but it's also your relationship with your manager. So, it's new territory. It's a bit of a buzzword. And what I'd like to help organizations do is to adopt some new ways of thinking and some new ways of working practices, tools, techniques to kind of usher in a lot more of the customer experience approaches that we've been doing in the world of marketing and customer services and apply that sort of thinking within the world of, of employees you know, one of the things that we keep uh, talking about is uh, how could EX learn from CX, right? And and we've had so much maturity from a customer experience perspective, um, so many tools and, and years of kind of honing in on building the best CX, um, that, that there's a lot to kind of get from, from that experience, a lot of inspiration and a lot of best practices to kind of learn from. But, but do you think, um, you know, the employer-employee relationship is changing today for 
for that to kind of happen and for us to get to that stage? Definitely. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, there's where I live, which is in London, there are a lot of conversations happening, for example, around going back to the office or around flexible ways of working, particularly for parents, for example. I think people during the pandemic and post-pandemic have really come to acknowledge that we have different needs than maybe people did even 50 years ago and 100 years ago. And so we want more flexibility. We're accustomed to having more autonomy in our day-to-day lives. You know, if I want to order a pizza or if I want to get my groceries, I can just hop online and I can do it. And I'm accustomed to having that consumer-grade experience in my day-to-day world. And when we step into organizations, the experience is, is so different from a, from a tech perspective and ways of working, but also just my ability to get things done. You know, when I go on holiday, I have full autonomy to get things done. But in the workplace, we're, we hear people talking about wanting more autonomy and we hear organizations talking about wanting people to feel more empowered, but we're still using some of the techniques from the past to, to manage people. So, yeah, I mean, I think the relationship, people want to be grownups. They want to have autonomy. They want to get stuff done. They want to do a good job. And we just need to evolve our structures to kind of help companies be able to to do that and treat people like the adults that they are. So when you kind of work with companies, um, do you use um, consumer experiences to kind of, um, I guess, broaden horizons of uh, EX leaders and, you know, think about how some of those could be applied from an EX perspective? When I would start work, I guess it kind of begins with what we're looking to achieve, what the organization is looking to achieve. And typically, you know, very often that's grounded in a customer experience. So we kind of start from that and work backwards and sort of ask the question, what are the conditions that we need to create in this work environment that are going to enable people to deliver on the business vision and the customer experience vision? So that's kind of how I would typically look at, at starting the work. And then in terms of consumer grade experiences, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think leaders understand the difference in roles of being a consumer versus being an employee. And of course that relationship is different. It's a, you know, we, we, we go to work, not all of us, but every, every single day, five days a week, four days a week, a few times a week. And the relationship that we, we have with an employer, it's a deeper, it's a deeper kind of relationship than we have when we're a consumer. I know some people would argue otherwise, but People get to love their consumer brands, but they really also have a very close and intimate relationship with their employer. So there are some parallels between customer experience and employee experience. And there's a bit more for employee experience. It's a deeper kind of thing. Yeah, and and, and I think you kind of talk about, um, you know, turning moments into signature brand experiences, right? So um, how do you do that? Tell us a little bit more about how you do that with, with your customers and with your clients? So we kind of look at their brand, their consumer facing brand, what they stand for as an organization. Um, we, I saw my, my partner actually went through a recruitment experience with a, a company who uses an online sort of whiteboard tool. That's what their company is all about. And of course, as part of their process for recruiting, all of the candidate materials they sent were using this online whiteboard and it was very creative and it was very much on brand. And it was not only showing what their employee experience could look like, it was highlighting their product 
at the same time. So it's like if you were Lego, if you were the company Lego, what would be a very like Lego onboarding experience? Would you build something at your assessment center with Legos, you know? So like, what is that very on-brand experience that only you and your company could create? And those, those are signature brand moments. Onboarding process and that journey is a really easy one to think about. But you could also think about, um, you know, what would it look like if you're doing recognition or what would it look like if you're having a growth conversation with your manager or even if you're having a goodbye moment when you're leaving the organization? How can you do it in a way that feels really aligned to your brand, your product or service brand? I think uh, that's, that's really great insight because uh, building your brand moments into the employee experience is um, is a really good way of kind of bringing both together, right? And also making the individual understand the brand a lot more and, yeah. and feel the brand a lot more. That, that makes a lot of sense. So um, having kind of talked about all of this uh, from, from an EX perspective, um, do you think with the economy where it is today and, you know, where it probably is going over the next couple of quarters, everyone's kind of looking at probably a correction. Um, do you think uh, leaders are still going to look at EX as an important piece of the puzzle or will it kind of drop a little bit from significance what it was maybe a couple of years ago? I think it'll keep it'll keep going. I think people sort of see the link with culture as well and understanding that the whole culture eats strategy for breakfast we've heard for a long time. But I, what I see is that leaders are really understanding the importance of the environment that they create for their people. And, you know, the war for talent is, is something we've been hearing about for a few years now. And I'm not a huge fan of the war for talent terminology, but I do recognize their competition. There's competition for sure. And so how are you going to stand out from other organizations? You've got to, you've got to be a great place to work somewhere that people want to come to work every day and they want to tell their friends about. You know, what we've kind of also seen a lot is um, companies who are still investing a lot from an employee experience perspective and continuing to do so even over the you know course of the last couple of months. I don't think there's um, that appetite, which has kind of dropped. But uh, I think what we are starting to see, and I'm, I'm very curious if um, you're seeing the same thing, we're starting to see a change in uh, perhaps the end goal which was, you know, maybe it was all about a ton of hiring before um, and, you know, a lot of employer branding and those kind of things. But now it's also about, you know, retention and how do you kind of build that entire experience into the day-to-day -day life rather than just at the initial moment of the employee life cycle, right? So I don't know if mm -hmm. you were seeing that and, you know, that's kind of becoming a highlight as well. Yeah, it's... um. I also, every year, I'm a judge at the Employee Experience Awards in London. And in addition to the client work that I do, I get to sort of have a look at what other people are, are doing out there in the market, which I, I love. And one of the things I've noticed is there's definitely more of a focus on retention. And that's both from companies who have had to make redundancies or layoffs, as well as those who haven't. Um, you know, in the market, we're seeing higher attrition anyway, because we've gone through sort of the great resignation. I'm talking to more people who want to maybe relook at what they're doing as their profession and whether it aligns with where they want to be in life and what their values are. So people are thinking about what their relationship is with work 
and what their relationship is with their employer. And so it's much more important, I think, for people to really focus on how they create that relationship with people. You know, one of the things that um, I keep kind of talking about and probably, you know, and shouting from the rooftops is um, EX is not necessarily an HR only problem or it's not an HR only mandate, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about, um, you know, things like recruitment, maybe HR takes the lead and kind of runs a big part of that process. But when you look at the entire employee experience, um, it's, it's not just HR. You have all the other roles and parts of the organization, you know, IT and admin and procurement and whatever kind of coming in. Um, do you see yourself working mainly with HR folk or do you kind of uh, actively involve others in your EX work? Yeah, I love that. It's I, I completely agree. I think often HR serves as the, the catalyst for the projects that I tend to work on that are employee experience projects. Um, but then I kind of think there's, there's work that we do. There's a, some discovery work, usually maybe some assessment stuff. Then there's some design. But when we get into, as soon as we start from the beginning, we're in the trenches working with employees. And then often their managers and the people who influence the experience and then there'll come a stage where we're working with subject matter experts in various domains so it might be um it might be the facilities management people or you know it's definitely going to be it 100 it's going to be it and so you know we work together i like to think of it as a little bit of like a flotilla so we like send the boats out and sort of off off they go and you've got to be able to like relinquish control and sort of let everyone uh perform to the vision of the employee experience that, that you want to create i love the flotilla sort of um you know analogy that's that's amazing um i think one of the things that um you know we also keep seeing is uh if you don't include the other roles and the other functions then it starts becoming a very um, blinkered approach to EX, right? And, and, and unfortunately, then you're actually creating a solution which may not be uh, 100% out there from a holistic perspective. So, so when someone comes to Leslie and says, hey, you know, I have a problem. I don't know where to start in order to build my EX. What would Leslie tell them? Gosh, go talk to people. Oh my goodness. Yeah, let's get in there and go talk to people. I remember working for an organization that went through a, a major reorganization and, and I was speaking with some of the managers and some of the employees and teams and they said, do you know what? You are the first person that's come to talk to us. And, you know, it was during reorganization and it was like, wow, it's just, we get so busy trying to fix things that we miss out on the talking to people and the co-design. Even if we have great people analytics and great data, the conversations are data. Data is not just numeric data. It's it's in the interactions that we have live with people as well. You know? and, and so when you kind of build this out and you go start talking to people, you kind of, I'm assuming, start building a sort of process and, you know, a, a sort of flow how do you turn that into ROI? Because at the end of the day, the CFO is going to come in and, you know, your, your CEO and CIO are going to come in and say, this is great, but how do you turn this project into, into money? Because that's all that, you know, is, is important at the end of the day. So what, how do you kind of show ROI from, from your project? It's, it can be tricky 
to prove causation, you know, because we did this learning and development program, people are staying longer. It's more complex than that. So it can be difficult to, to directly link, but what we can look at is some, some correlation. We can paint a picture with multiple sets of data. So tend to start with KPIs. So what are we doing this for? Is this a specific program where we're looking to align employee experience and customer experience? And if we're in that arena, then we can look at the links between the two. I worked for an organization where the customers were saying, we don't think this organization is a safe pair of hands. And internally, people were saying, oh, we love to fight fires. We get a thrill out of it. And so you could see the link between the two. And so ultimately, over time, what we're trying to do is even anecdotally to start to solve some of those preferences, but also start to see customer experience scores increase and start to see certain areas of the employee engagement survey increase. So, you know, we're looking for some, some correlations there. And I would typically be using performance data, customer experience data, as well as employee data, not just the engagement survey, but also looking at things like your sick leave and looking at some of your wellness metrics that you might have in place through things like pulse surveys, because it all sort of paints a picture of how people are, are doing. So, so uh, are you actually picking up data from all of these various systems and processes and kind of putting that together to understand the EX health of, of the organization of sorts, right? Yeah, you'd be looking at what your indicators are. And I would typically mm -hmm. look at some indicators of great employee experience. And I would be looking at sort of lead metrics and lag metrics. So you know, you're, you're probably going to be able to see, for example, that people are going through your onboarding experience and they're ticking off the boxes within their 60 days or whatever it is. They're having a lunch with their team. Maybe you have systems in place where you can see these lead metrics. And some of your lag metrics might be, you know, I feel like I belong here. Right. So it would kind of, I would kind of look at both of those and I would iterate with some of your lead metrics. And then I'd be looking at some of the longer lag metrics over a, a broader span of time. That that makes a lot of sense. I mean, um, we have something called the unified profile, which is, um, you know, where we kind of bring data from multiple systems to kind of have one single view of the individual um, across multiple processes. And uh, what we realized is just something that simple is such a huge problem in an enterprise because, um, you're otherwise pulling up Excel sheets from seven different systems doing pivot tables and then trying to make sense out of all of it, which which starts becoming a pretty big manual overhead as well, right? So um, so if I were to kind of ask you, what was um, what's probably your most exciting sort of project without naming names and customer names, but what was probably one of your most exciting projects that, that you're proud of? Yeah, I would say it was probably working with nurses across the UK. Um, it's such a critical role and we need them to be having an experience that allows them to do their job. Firstly, let's start there. And then that recognizes them and appreciates them for this really essential job that they do. And um, uh, in the UK, in the system, they can often feel overlooked so, you know, starting with what is their experience, we did a bunch of research around the UK and it was, it was around, um, it was also around what's their relationship with work. You know, when, when does it feel really, really good to do the job that you do? 
Why do you choose to do this job? Why do you continue to choose this job? And what happens on those days when you feel like maybe you want to choose another profession? You know, so when when do they get really tricky? So we did some really in-depth research focusing on them as human individuals. And I know people say human-centered a lot or human-led. What I mean is we're just we're talking about people with emotions, and it's okay for them to have feelings and emotions at work. That's the first thing. And they are complex. And their environment really influences them to a significant degree. And so we need to take into consideration the environment. But that piece of research and then coming up with the 13 work streams to then really get specific about how we make their lives better. That was just a really rewarding program that I love. Sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. So in, in that, did you find um, EX to be qualitative or could you kind of quantify it? We did more qualitative than quantitative. Mm. There were some quant measures and attrition was one of them. So we were finding that at a six six month point, all of a sudden there was this real, um, well, there's a spike in attrition. And so we were kind of going to try to figure out why that might be. And how do we retain people longer? So that would have been the quant data. Got it. No, that's that's amazing. And so I think um, you know, there if 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 I would ask Leslie, what does EX mean? <laughs> what would your answer be? Yeah, it's the experience we have at work from the individual's perspective and not the organization's perspective. Um I think that's one of the major shifts when we're doing EX work mm-hmm. is that we're working from the, the perspective of the individual. And then I guess our brains can kind of go into a bit of overdrive and, and bamboozlement because you go, but how do I personalize for 30,000 people in an organization? Yeah. Yeah. We, we do use tools from customer experience to start to be able to do personas, not based on demographics, but maybe more psychographics, for example. So there are tools out there to help us attack these complex problems. But yeah, I would say it's it's really grounded. It's our experience of work grounded in the individual human perspective, including emotions. Oh, that's that that's a tough one, right? The emotions is a tough one when when you're trying to personalize from from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And and so for for you, when when you go into projects, um, are you already thinking about technology, or do you start with a clean slate? And then, you know, maybe technology is just one of the uh, outcomes of it. Yep, it's more that. It's more the former. So I, I work across and I tend to work across industries. And going into an organization, you just kind of don't know where they're going to be at right now. And NHS trust and how their technology is set up is very different to how Amazon might currently be set up technology-wise. So kind of start with a blank slate, see where we're at, um, and then see where the the needs are if they're if people are having a real um you know if they have if the team has no data capability to be able to gather and process data and make decisions then that might be something that we look at as a priority but it kind of it does depend yeah yeah no that that makes sense i think um you know maybe um the the last sort of uh, closing statement from from your perspective is um i would love to kind of understand where you see EX going over the next 
couple of years. You know, we have obviously a lot of companies who are still fairly early from a maturity index perspective, um, thinking about EX. Just maybe they've just started thinking about EX, but then you also have some, you know, leaders who have uh, kind of gone out and done a lot of EX research, then put together solutions and processes in play. But but where do you see it kind of going? Just EX as a as a space. There's a lot of talk about design thinking because it's grounded in beginning with your audience. And so I think that people in the employee experience space are probably going to be using some design thinking tools in order to do their do their work. Um, I think they're going to be using data, obviously, quite quite a lot in how they do their work. And I don't think that we need to leave organizational psychology behind. I think we bring that with us because I think when we look at data, we're not we're not only just asking employees, hey, what do you want? What's going to make your life better? We are then sort of triangulating with science and psychology to 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 bring our expertise to the table. So I think that using more organizational psychology is going to help us. So design thinking, organizational psychology, and then I think people owning journeys. And so their role is a facilitator to help um, create these experiences and curate these experiences inside organizations. Uh, And a good deal of maybe change management and project management, because I think that people who are out there doing employee experience work very often want to sort of see a different working world and make change. And change isn't always easy. And sometimes it's subtle and small and iterative, um, which is fine. So more change expertise, I think, is probably what we're what we're going to be looking at. But I love the idea of lighting little fires of change everywhere with all these EX professionals. I think that's where do it's going to go. Do you see it's the? Do you think it's going to be a growing profession? EX. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, just by looking at people's LinkedIn, you know, <laughs> I've the number of EX people sort of increase over the past you know year, and uh, yeah, I think it'll grow. Mm. That's that's excellent, and and uh, I think with that, you know, I'm gonna close this off. So thank you so much, Leslie, for you know sharing your thoughts with us and you know the experience. I think there's so much that all of us can learn from each other. As you said, it's a growing space. You see that kind of uh, becoming bigger. There are more LinkedIn kind of job roles now <laughs> talking about EX. So it's obviously on the rise. So I think there's a lot of, um, you know, sharing that we should do as a community to kind of build the the process together, right? So so again, I appreciate your time and, uh, you know, everything that you've uh, kind of given everyone over here. So thank you so much, Leslie. Oh, thanks for letting me talk about my favorite subjects. So, okay. <laughs> Cheers, thanks.